All right, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Oh, good to see everybody listening and watching online as well. Good to have you with us. Uh, we can consider you extended family. We're going to jump right in. Um, thank you for folks here, not so much online, but thank you for um, when, when God moves in an individual's life and, and we're called to pray for that person. That's an important moment. And um, some churches don't necessarily do that, whatever, okay. I don't want to miss an opportunity like that if God is speaking to someone. Because here's the thing, everybody gets a turn. Do you understand that? You stay in the kingdom long enough, and it may not be publicly, but God definitely wants to encourage you through other people. And so if that's going to happen, and I'm a bit of a hog, man. Um, would you guys pray for me last week, was it? I'm like, get up here, everybody. Good grief. I've got a hangnail. Come on, pray for me. <laughs> I, I, seriously, I covet prayers. I don't care, man. Um, so, you know, in an if that's weird to you, then just understand your day will come. And um, your day will come where you will have a need, and your brothers and sisters will be the ones you lean on. And that's the way the church is supposed to be. Cool. Good job. Good job, guys. I'm going to get a little placard person, like with applause. <laughs> right? All right. So I'm going to start. I'm going to do something I don't normally do, which is this. I'm going to pretty much pick up where I left off last week. Um, last week, I asked the question. I said, why did John the Baptist say, after all he'd seen, why did he then come to a place where he's like, go ask Jesus if he really is the one? And his disciples could have been like, you mean the one that you said was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? that you said you saw Holy Spirit come and rest upon him when we actually had no understanding of Holy Spirit? Think about that. Think about that. John knew that much. The one where you, when you were in your mother's womb, you, you did a backflip when he walked in the room? John, you want me to go ask him if he really is the one? John, how did you get to that place? And what did I say last week? The same way we all do. The same way we all do. And I think one of the biggest crimes we can commit as, as, as any voices of the church is to act like people aren't going to doubt. Or struggle. You know what I love about this place? And it just ha kind of happened through me is this. Yeah, it's all right. Some days are going to be hard. Other churches might, or people might make you feel lesser for struggling. But you know what Jesus did not do? Jesus did not make John feel lesser for struggling. And so that's where we're at. And some people who, 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 anyway. When he goes to John, Jesus and asked him this, Jesus does not uh, respond in anger or disappointment. Number one, he understands the hurts, the heartaches, and the struggles that come with living in this world. It's a world he created. He knows it better than anyone, ins and outs. And he understands when we end up in that place of very little faith. And we talked about um, this. We talked about when you have these disappointments, bring them up. And a lot of people don't do that. They think, well, I can't say these things to God or whatever. And it's like this, time out, as we said last week. If you feel that way, then you already feel that way. You just have two choices. Now you can either keep it toxically inside of you, or you can voice it. And if you don't believe me that, me that this precedent, it's in Psalms where it says, pour out your complaint. And you see David doing that better than anybody. I mean, even Jesus did, you guys. Father, if, if it can, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, let thy will be done. But isn't it him bringing up the way he feels, the uncomfortable way he feels about what's about to happen? Don't. Maybe it's time to take the stoic pictures of Christ Jesus off the wall, exclusively stoic pictures of Jesus off the wall, and start realizing he was fully human as well. Man, I wish one of you would go in my office and grab laughing Jesus right now on my wall. It's a picture my grandmother, my Sicilian grandmother gave me. It's in my office right now. It's a picture of Jesus laughing. Just a close-up on his face, laughing. Jesus has joy? Yes. Did he have sadness? Yes. You get it? 
don't be shocked when you end up in this place. We call it the dark night of the soul. We call it doubt. We call it whatever. Don't be shocked when you end up there. Don't freak out and don't keep it to yourself. If things get hard, you know what you say? Things are hard. That's what you do. Acting a certain way is going to get nobody anywhere. And the other thing I warned you about, I'm not even preaching yet, I'm recapping, is this. Um, we got to be careful that when things like this happen, guys, um, and our heartaches, our struggles, we got to be careful not to charge God with crimes he didn't commit. And that's a tough one. Uh, we watched a video on the screens of a guy. Um, just, I love it, too, because it was so raw. He was just sitting in his truck, and he was recording. And he just talked about his story. And he was a hardcore atheist biker dude. Uh, not that those are synonymous. Uh, I have a motorcycle. <laughs> but um, he was just saying, like, he hated God, but also didn't believe in him. Um, and then when he heard this preacher guy on YouTube talking about why he was so angry, um, he was taking these things out on God that weren't God's issues. God has kids. <sighs> if my son, he won't do this. But let's say a couple years from now, if my son says something to hurt your feelings, don't turn around and hate me for it. He has his own free will. It reflects on me, don't get me wrong. But I didn't do it, did I? If he walks over and puts a gummy in your shoe, don't come over to me and indict me for a crime I didn't commit. And so some of God's kids, call it Christians, Christ followers like me, have bad days and hurt people. I've probably done it this week, I understand. Don't turn and indict God for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Put the blame where it doth deserve. That's what I'm saying. Because you know what happens when you do that? This is my final point for recap is this. I showed a picture of a beaver dam. And I showed that that flowing of God's acceptance, of God's love, of God's healing for the very hurts you're suffering gets stopped when you blame God for what other people have done. And that's what the biker dude said. He goes, I blame God. And do you, do you remember the wonder in his face? Like he's just staring at He's like, and he's like realizing it as he's talking. He's like, I blame God for the church I went to. They, I was treated horribly. And I blame God for my sister getting cancer. And I blame, I blame God. I blame God and blame God. And you know what it did? It hurt him. It hurt the guy, didn't it? So I couldn't get, I couldn't get over this this week. So I want to give you a few thoughts. I'm on three hours sleep. I'm not feeling well at all. Give me some grace. I'm going to give you some thoughts about this. And I hope that God's going to speak today. Um, Let's, let's, let's look at these first two slides, Dave. Thank you for helping. And let's see. Uh, I want to show you something here. Oh, I put it on clear. Can you hit the clear button on the top right? I think Dave's helping out with the slides. There we go. So this is the story here. John hears in prison what Jesus was doing. He sent his disciples. Are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. Is it working when you click it? Can we get to the next one? Yeah, please. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Now, this is in Matthew and in Luke. I only showed you in Matthew today, but um, it's in two of, the, two of the Gospels. So as I said before, notice this. Notice that when John brings him his doubt, his baggage, and his hurt, John, Jesus does not beat him up. He provides him the answer to his doubts, the answer to connecting back to him. Now, listen, I'm going to have some hard points today. Ones that I'm really hoping God will uh, formulate as I'm speaking. But some of them are, are, are downright hard to listen to. You trust me to bring you truth, and I will. He, he, he came to some hard points today. But I want you to understand something that covers all of this. It is all about relationship. Jesus gives him what he needed in that moment to connect back to him, didn't he? Do you understand that? Sometimes we think God is this taskmaster. No. 
no more than I am to my children. It's always about the connection between us. It's always about relationship. That's good parenting anyway. I don't always hit the mark. If we've got this, everything will be all right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Behavior will come out of it. Behavior will come. If my kids can come to me with anything, we can work on behaviors. We can work through problems. But the minute that relationship is severed and, oh, no, dad's going to kill me. I can't tell him. Now we've got a rift between us. Do you understand? And nobody's coming at you. I'm telling you, I got some hard things to say today. Jesus puts him right back into relationship with him. Right back into relationship. This is his main thing. And even if we lose the meaning of that, it's not, it's not the law that God's after. It's not the legalistic tendencies that actually you know, kind of like to tighten up when, when, when we hear the law. It's, it's the rules of behavior. Listen, look at the Ten Commandments. They're the ways to relate to others and the ways to relate to God. That's what it is. Thou shall not, um, don't covet. You want to know why? It poisons your insides and your relationship with that person. Don't steal. It's not fair that person worked for it. God is, we looked at the law and went, the law. And it's God's going, no, this is your best life and a way to relate to everybody. Oh, and also, don't murder. Don't kill something I breathe my life into. That'll affect me and you. Don't worship another God. That'll be between me and you. Do you understand? Don't look at the law and go, the law, the rules. The rules were about relationship too. Everything was about it. And if you don't believe me, then why did he breathe himself in each and every one of you people? And me. Why? Why bother creating us? There are better creatures out there, in my opinion. More beautiful, less stinky, and certainly better to each other than we are. Okay, I see you all are barely with me so far, so I'm just going to try to push through. <laughs> so he tells John, he says this, he says, Look and meditate at what I'm doing all around you. You want or expect me to do this, but set that aside and see what am I doing. And this is the skill, point number one, that we need to develop as followers. It's right there for us, guys. When disappointed or disillusioned, what are we to do? And if you're taking notes, here is literally point one. Well, actually, no. Sub point one, you're all going to be disappointed. You're all going to be disillusioned. Life is going to suck for you sometimes. Do you understand? AG 101. Or Jesus says in this world there will be trouble. But sometimes you need to hear it in common language because when you're having a really crappy day, you think something's wrong. No, it's just a day. There are ebbs, there are flows. This is what happens, though. We can take control of our focus and purposefully turn it in a specific direction. This is what I say to my son, who's six years old. The other day he was crying. What was he crying about? I mean, it doesn't happen as much anymore, which is cool. He was crying about something, in my opinion, that was pretty trivial. And it went on a little too long. And I'm like, all right, bud, you need to snap out of it. Right? You're right, Chris. You're like, you had your little tears. Now let's move forward. And so I asked him questions. I said, I said Alex. I said, who controls you? And he kind of thinks about it. I said, you do. Knock it off. Who controls you? Who controls what you focus on? I talk about this a million times. Uh, uh, that's wicked exaggeration. A year. Who controls what you think about? Who controls what movies you're watching in your head when you're lying there in bed? You do, if you want to. Or don't. What does Jesus say? John, I understand you're in the prison. Don't look at the walls anymore. Look at me. Look at what's actually going around you. But number one... You need to take control and turn your focus. And this is not Dr. Phil saying, you know, the power of positive thinking. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. When you're disappointed, disillusioned, let down, angry, angry at your God even, turn what you're focused on in the name of relationship. Can we see Philippians 4, 8, please? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rope-a-dope you here real quick. Don't be anxious about anything, but what? next one, 4, 8. Yeah, there you go. I'm, there. Whatever. Admirable. Excellent praise where you think about such things. So he says this, whatever's noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, again, that kind of seems pithy, but 
if you're down, upset, whatever, he's telling you to change your focus to these things. Now, wait for me before you realize that this is, you know, just mundane or mediocre. So now let's go back to the four, six, and seven, which might be ahead, it might be back, I don't know. But that's the one that says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I have been quoted up here a ton of times letting you know that this is a recipe. This is a recipe that if you put it all together, you're going to get the peace of God. And every ingredient in here is absolutely necessary. But I want to build this. When I'm disappointed, which is what we're talking about, when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry at God, I'll tell you what I'm not. I'm not at peace. Those two things are actually at odds with each other. God is the God of peace. And when I'm angry at him or disappointed in my life, what do I immediately lose? I lose my peace, right? And so what I'm seeing here is polar opposites. My peace indicates, losing my peace indicates a stepping back or a distance between me and God. Do you follow me on that? If I've lost my peace, I've, there's distance between me and God, right? Because where God is, there is peace, is there not? For example, about the second or third worship song, you're at more peace than you were when you walked in here, right? Boom, and that's how you know the presence of God is here. The devil doesn't give you peace. Your mind does not want to give you peace. So what else is doing that? It's God, okay? So if you're walking through your life and all of a sudden you lose your peace, you got to understand there's a distance between you and God. And then you realize, could it be disappointment and disillusion? Is everybody following me so far? Good, okay, because what I see here is this. How do I get it? How do I repair the rift between God and myself? It's this. Let me paraphrase this and give you the AJism. Push pause on the anxiety or the hurt or whatever you're feeling now. Just push pause. Turn and talk directly to me, which is last week's poured out. And after you purposefully look at all I've done for you, choose to be grateful, choose gratitude, and then present your requests, and peace will be there. I just paraphrase that. You get it? Push pause. Turn. Talk to me about it. Purposefully look at all I've done for you, choose gratitude, and then present your, regret, your, your requests, and guess what? Peace will show up. That's what he's saying. And when that peace comes back, that's how we understand. Intimacy has been restored between me and God. Well, AJ, I'm so disappointed in life and church and people in my family and that person. Okay. Time out. One of these exercises we're talking about here is push pause, talk to God about it, and then turn your face. Look over there at that marriage that got healed. Look over there at the people you love, the people that support you and care for you that God put in your life. Look at back when you asked God for that job and he gave it to you, or the child, or when you've been healed of things. Uh, you know, look upon those things. See the promise of safety and eternity with God because of what my son endured, he says. Choose to look upon those things. And what naturally comes out of when we look upon those things? Thank you, right? And what comes out of thank you? Peace with God. We following me? I know it's kind of a convoluted trail, Okay, it's clear? Good, 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 good. And now I'm going to go down a hard truth. Truth. Hop in and I'll drive, okay? Here we go. This is not simply, oh, you're having a hard time, change what you focus on, choose gratitude. I'm saying that, but I'm not just saying that. By the way, time out. There's, there's, there's truth in the power of positive thinking. There's truth. I watch Tony Robbins. I love Tony Robbins. He helps people in instance. He's amazing. He, he uses bad language, so if you're sensitive, don't watch it on Netflix. But um, watching people get healed, that's, that's of God. I don't care. Listen, if Mary Beth and I, eye to eye, one of us gets healed in our relationship, God was there for that. Do you understand? Oh, my gosh. Guys, just because... All right, I got to touch on this. Some church, churches teach you that if it's not Christian music, it ain't God. 
Sometimes I hear more, more God in non-Christian music than I do in Christian music. We don't like that. Cool, have you met me? Because that just fuels me on. I've seen movies that connect me closer to God than some fireproofy type things. Doesn't, doesn't work for me. But go watch About Time and watch the relationship he has with his dad and I can't make it through without bawling like a child thinking about my father whom I missed died and about my, my, my heavenly father. I feel God in that movie more than I do other things. Now, the reason I say that is because, yes, there's power in positive thinking. There are cycles that if you say you're a loser, you're going to believe you're a loser, you're going to act like you're a loser, and you're going to become a loser. Self-fulfilling prophecy is real. So that all being said, I'm never going to do this thing where I feel like i got to be churchy up here. If there's truth, it's, it's God's truth. Do we understand? And if it's going to work for you and help you, then awesome. God invented it. But step two, you ready for this? This is hard town. My buddy Dave and I are reading a book about church together. Francis Chan walked away from the largest church in America. And uh, he's an awesome dude who truly loves God. And he sent us down a trail that was really challenging. So I want to share it with you. We humans, and especially Western church folk, get so focused on our viewpoints, our opinions, and our rights in this world, don't we? We're so aware of our rights, and every group wants more rights. Go to a college campus. My gosh, you can't keep it straight. Every day watchdogging his rights, her rights, their rights. Call them this, call her that, call them they. I don't know. We're, we're going to take those rights, and, and, and more rights for this person. Rights, rights, rights. Meanwhile, we're going to take your rights away. But me, rights, rights, rights. When's the last time you thought of the rights God deserves as God? I'll let it sit for a second. I, absolutely blew my mind. When's the last time we pondered the rights God deserves as God? What rights is God entitled to as creator? Does he have any? Does he have any rights? Because we're so busy with our own rights and, and what we want and deserve and, and I'm disappointed because it didn't live up to my expectations because I'm allowed to have expectations because it's my right for this, right? And we never said, what does God have? What about as Ab Abba Father? Does he have any rights as Abba Father? Does he have any rights for the one who was murdered unjustly? Does he have any rights due to him? He was falsely accused and executed. Does he have any rights due to him? Hmm. Sometimes we're so stuck in our own rights while we're sitting in the John the Baptist prison that we don't realize God himself has rights. If we're looking around our society and even in our churches, we would think, no, God does not have rights. We would think his job is to serve us, to answer to us, to do things our way. And we're all guilty of this, dude. Don't think I'm talking down to you at all. I personally don't think of what he wants first or what he deserves. I think of what I want and what I deserve. Can we be honest today? I do. I'd like to say, oh, no, how great thou art all the time. No, I'm pretty much sending my requests up to him like a, like a cannon. The reason I say this is because of this. Um, well, the guy last week said this. Everyone's so quick to run to God with blame. And I would add that to the message today. We're so quick to run to God with blame, but we're so very slow to run to God with gratitude that he's entitled to. Now, I want to give you this. Gratitude, for your gratitude, is a right he deserves to be claimed from us. Do we agree with that? He deserves our gratitude. It is his right. In other words, if he lit the sun and it keeps us just so warm that we don't, you know, fry or this much more and we don't freeze, he deserves the gratitude for that, doesn't he? Right? I mean, all the good things we have in our lives, let's be honest, he deserves the gratitude. That's one of his rights. And isn't that what Jesus did to John? Not in a personal sense, but in a vocational sense. He kind of, in a, in a missional sense, he sort of turned his focus. He said this. John wanted God's will to be done, didn't he? 
John was working full time for God. He didn't care about his apartment. He didn't care about the, the a Gucci belt. He didn't care about any of these things. I'm making jokes, obviously, because of the way he dressed and where he lived. He didn't care about any of those things because he cared about the kingdom of God, right? So what does God do? He says this. You've prayed my kingdom come on earth, you know, as it is in heaven. John, it is happening. It is happening. Now, what do you think John's response was to hearing all the amazing things that were happening when Jesus was there? Gratitude, don't you think? Don't you bet that John was in that cell and went, wow, really? Wait, wait, wait. So he went to Samaria too? No kidding. He's healing there too? Yes. Can't you imagine that? And what happens when gratitude shows up? I gave you the answer before. Quick pop quiz time. Peace and relationship, right? You get it? That's what he does. And listen, if you don't, <clears throat> and I understand that this can be a hard message right here, but what I'm saying, but all you ever have to do if you think I'm being harsh is look behind me. I chose that verse to be put on the wall because it represents this church and, rep church and represents my heart. And it says this, Jesus came for the Father full of grace and truth. <clears throat> and what I want you to see from what you just saw with John is grace and truth. John is hurt. He's lost. He's losing hope. Life didn't turn out the way he wanted it to. Is that all there is, we can hear people say, or even we've said before. And Jesus extends a loving, grace-filled hand, right? And he answers his heart. He gives him what he needs to be back in a place of peace with the one who can take care of him. And he does it, how? By turning to truth. And that's what we're doing here today. I know a lot of people who hear the sound of my voice are hurting. I know that the, that person crushed you. I know you're nervous about the future. I know you're tempted to be fearful, tired, burnt out. I get it. Everyone is fighting a unique battle Unique only to them. But God sets an example today and he says this, where the mind goes, the man follows. If you focus, if your focus is on darkness, the darkness will spread. And if it's on things that are good, lovely, praiseworthy, then something else will spread. And that's gratitude, which will bring us peace and bring us joy. Now, what's so special about joy? Show me Nehemiah, please. Dave. Now, listen, imagine if I said this from church. Okay, guys, go have good food, drink good wine. And send some to those people who have nothing prepared. Imagine if somebody said that from church, right? It, Nehemiah did. He said, this day is sacred to our Lord. Don't grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, sometimes people can weaponize that and say the joy of the Lord is your strength. But I, I, I want to I do this right here, okay? Some of us have been so defeated for so long with no strength because we lost our joy. And we wonder why we're tired. We think it's circumstances. We think we even might think it's unforgiveness. And I've told you before, unforgiveness will block healing completely. One of the reasons is because it blocks joy. Why, why is joy so special? It is your strength. If you're tired, it's because you don't have your joy. Do you understand that? If you don't feel strong, Nehemiah just told you why. Stop looking around the room. You just need joy because it's your strength. The joy that we have in God is our strength. Somebody just thumbs that up. Thank you. I'm getting more from them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just picking on y'all. There's a thumbs up. All right. It's true. The joy of the Lord is your strength. What does that mean? To be loved by God, to be accepted by God, to have that peace between us, Amy, is my joy. It's my strength. If I don't have strength today, it's probably not because I didn't get enough sleep. It's probably because I don't have the joy of the Lord. And again, some people have weaponized that, but it's not like that, guys. It's not like that at all. Now, heading back into hard town for one of my final points, I want to say this. Look at the last sentence. Do not grieve, choose joy. Let me tell you a secret. Whenever you're given a command, it means it's doable, and you have the power to control it. That's the thing. God would never ask or command you to do something you're incapable of doing. He will give you the command, and inside that command comes the power to do it in him. Do you understand? So, this is going to get challenging, especially when you hear the word grief. 
Do not grieve, choose joy. Now, this isn't going to be easy to hear, but you will know deep down that I'm right, and it's going to be so useful to us all. And some people, this could change some things for you right now. Don't grieve, he's saying. Use your free will to choose joy. Now, that indicates that you can, like I said. What's grief, though? Don't just think it's when someone died. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because there's a, there's, a there's a serious blessing in here for you today. Grief is this. Feeling a sense of loss, sadness, disappointment is grief, isn't it? Don't grieve. Again, this isn't how I thought it would be. This isn't the marriage I thought I wanted. I'm 30-something and I'm not married yet. I'm this, this, this. Is this all there's left for me? Stop. That sense of loss, sadness, or disappointment, he's saying this. Hear me, hear me out. In that area you're struggling in, in that hurting place, don't stay in the place of loss or sadness or disappointment about that thing. Choose joy. That's hard. That is hard teaching. I hear it. I feel it. I know. I'm in it in the moment. So what he's saying is, let's say in your marriage, don't linger or stay in a place of grief, disappointment, or sadness. You choose joy. In your job, parenting, grandparenting, whatever it may be, don't stay where that where the hurt is, he's saying, turn and change your focus through the, through the method I gave you before to get to a place of joy because that is your strength to change the situation. Okay, that was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. It's like the fourth quarter, so I really want to get this out to you guys. If I could put this as easily as possible, um, and by the way, I'm learning as we go, and I'm not going to say I'm good at this. I'm going to say that I have the same charge to start this tomorrow. But I have this feeling. Let's say... Okay, I'll talk about my best friend, Pete. It's a really good relationship. Um, we've been best friends for a long time, over a decade. And so that's why I'm going to use this relationship. If all of a sudden that relationship is the one that I'm disappointed in or that is hurting me and causing me to grieve, then what he's saying is search for, find joy in it through gratitude, and then you'll have the strength to work on the relationship. How'd I do? Did I do okay or was it too much? Do okay? So, I'm disappointed in my relationship with this person. Okay, pause, stop looking at the trouble, look at the good around you and the good in that relationship, which will bring you peace, and then choose joy in it and you'll have the strength to do the work that needs to be done. Okay, we good? Did you say right? Good, thank you. I'm just hearing it for the first time, people. I don't know how you do this personally. Tell us, AJ. Oh, hey. I don't know personally because one thing about disappointment and I can tell you this from my own life is disappointment gets you to look at the ground, doesn't it? This is the posture of disappointment because <sighs> there's areas of my life I'm disappointed in right now as we speak. That's not where I wanted to be right now. This is not what I thought I signed up for. And I tell you what, it, it, it makes me drop my head. And when my head's dropped, I'm looking at the dirt. I'm not looking at all the blessings that God actually did give me in that situation. I've said this before, if I want to keep pounding on you. Nothing is all good and nothing is all bad. There is good to be found in every person, in every situation. And if Jesus has anything to do with you, hope is everywhere around you. Lift your darn eyes. Or better yet, let God be the lifter of your head by agreeing with him. Okay? Okay? I know, I know, I know that's a lot. Let's close it down here in a minute. I hope... I hope this is... Uh, I hope this is going to be helpful to you guys. I know that. I've got a couple little things here, and that's it. There's a lyric I, um, I thought of the other day. You ever hear the song, This is no sacrifice, here's my life? 
It's a Christian song. This is no sacrifice. Here's my life. That stuck with me. Because I often think about just pushing pause on the joy thing. But when I think about gratitude and how that's one of God's rights as his kids to give him gratitude, and I think about that lyric, this is no sacrifice, here's my life. I think about for all that he's done for me, for me to struggle to find gratitude, like that, you know what I mean? That kind of doesn't sit right with me. I, I, it's just a focus issue for me. I need to be able to do that. When I see my, uh, when I see my children, my spouse, or, or what could have happened to me, let's think, or things that have happened behind before. It is no sacrifice to worship you and be grateful to you, Lord God. This is one of your rights. Now, before I go, I want to give you practical teaching and wisdom really quickly. Whenever I'm down or upset about a situation, I told you before, I noticed that my focus is on the disappointments and letdowns. But I want to tell you this. This is practical. Sometimes you're too close to the situation to see God moving. Did you hear me say that about Gordon? Gordon's lived out the last seven years or whatever. I, yeah, he's lived it out. He probably doesn't see the growth or the hope or the trajectory, right? So you know what he needs once in a while? People that he trusts to come alongside of him and say, hey, we see you're growing. Well done, good job. Or things are getting better, man. You weren't where you were. You understand that? Especially in, in, in issues of the heart. It's too close. Your marriage might be getting better, but you don't, you don't see it. It's not happening at, at the pace in which we want it, so therefore. You get what I'm saying? Or other people can see that, hey, well, I understand you're disappointed in that job. I can see where God's working some things in you, and it's really important, and I can see that God's going to promote you at some point. You won't see it. You're too close to it. So maybe reach out to people you trust and ask them. Oh, I said that before. Pour out your complaint about your disappointed situations. Right? And then people can tell you, hey, I know, but you remember where you once were? Boy, I, I got to look at the ceiling here because I know a lot of people in this room's stories. And it'd be so easy when you're in a place of disappointment to go, <clears throat> you remember when you first talked to me? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? You remember when you, remember those tears? You remember when you, remember when you were on that prayer list? Remember when your, 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 your kid was on the prayer list or whatever? Get it? Go to somebody, look out and, and, and let them encourage you. Number two, listen to testimonies. The word says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. That's what it says in, in Revelation. We overcome the devil by the word of the lamb. Or, yeah, blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. They're a great way of getting you to focus on Jesus, to restore your peace, praise, gratitude, and joy. If you get in a funk, I challenge you this week. If you get in a funk, get on YouTube and do a Christian testimony. Just look at them up. Look them up. Don't do churchy ones. And don't do appointed one. If you're, if, you're, if you're disappointed in marriage, don't look up Christian testimony marriage because then what you're doing is actually putting your faith in a change of situation and not the changer. Make sense? Testimony of financial breakthrough. No, just testimony. Just, just, <laughs> just the power of God. That's all you need. Don't, don't weaponize it in that way. So we're going to sing a song right now. I hope you got something out of that today. I hope John the Baptist, like I said last week, you know what? I bet you anything he died well. He died well. He had a dark night of the soul. Jesus did not reject him or rebuke him. He gave him what he needed to be back in a place of relationship. And I bet you John the Baptist died well. So we're going to sing a song uh, well about we're gonna, I will rise and, and stand redeemed, heaven open over me. Number one, the future that you have as a Christ follower is heaven with God. But number two, in the middle, it breaks down and says, thank you, Jesus. Just as I am, I, I come. Hallelujah. What a, oh, what amazing love. When we sing that, you guys will be on it for, for it too. When we sing, thank you, Jesus, just as I am, I come. Hallelujah means we worship you, God. Oh, what amazing love. I want you to bring to your mind that area you're disappointed in, and I want you to thank him in that area. Get it? Yes, Amy gets it. Good. That's all I need. Let's sing. Worship team assemble.
He always laughs at that.
Just as I am, I you're working for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Every situation, even our disappointments. Well, Father, we're going to need you this week, Lord, as we try to turn. As we try to push pause on the disappointments and the giving up and the throwing up our hands and the staring at the ground of disappointments. We're going to need you, Lord God. But you've said that you're the lifter of our head. situations. 
you said that gratitude would arise. And out of gratitude comes peace, which is good relationship with you, a connection with you. We need that, Father. We submit and surrender to you right now, Lord God. With our free will, we submit and surrender these disappointments to you right now. First off, we admit it. We're disappointed. We wanted more. We wanted better. It's not what we signed up for. Yeah. 